0: this is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favorite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
2: Ah,
0: Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex, on the decks. This week I am joined by none other than Doneo. A man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. (laughs) One of the originators of UK funky, a genre that defined that period of raving, he's gone on to have a rich career as an artist and as a producer, releasing consistently and building on the legacy he laid with tracks like Party Hard and Devil in a Blue Dress. On this episode of Hot Girls, Daneo chats me through some of the philosophies he subscribes to, the meaning of Daneo, how sounds develop and being particular with the sounds he uses on AI on the Hot Girls podcast. Let's go. Ladies,
2: ladies listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. It's fire. going. We are fire. From London for the world. Let's go in.
0: One thing I really want to talk to you about is longevity and how you've basically been able to have that.
2: It's such a long tooth in the game.
0: Yeah, because... It's so rare to maintain yeah. that to maintain that at a certain level. Um, I hear that. So I want to just Why? go into that. That's and,
2: been on my mind. Yeah, that's been on my mind a lot. Like, how come I've been around for so long?
0: Well, the first question I wanted to ask you was: Do you have like one of the most memorable tags out there? <laughs> how important do you think a good tag is? And when did you land on yours? Was it by accident?
2: Yeah, mine was just like it was I'd written the song and then there was eight bars in the beginning that I had to fill in. So I thought, let me just sing my name. Sticky's always said I think you should sing your name at the beginning of songs. If you've done this, it'll be this. I said, All right, let me try a thing. And then yeah.
0: And does it ever annoy you, people coming up and being like, Donny? Or are you like, yes. No, I'm like-
2: no, I, I made up my mind a long time ago that I decided to be an artist and if, if that's how people want to resonate with me, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you got to accept some, some things in life, you just got to accept. And my lifestyle, after a while, I had to say to myself, like, why are you annoyed? Like, people are happy to see you. Like, I get it. You you find it uncomfortable because of your temperament, but that's not their fault. That's your fault. Like, you know what I mean? So when people holler, it's like, it's almost like I expect it now every day. So it's a part of my daily occurrence now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In those early days of your career, did you accept that role as an entertainer quite quickly?
2: No. It wasn't until like
0: after funky. And then you were like, this is it?
2: Yeah, because like when I was I was working a nine to five when I when I did when I the whole throughout majority of the funky period. And then I actually couldn't do the job and the music at the same time. Like I wasn't sleeping. I was just like always knackered. I had to call in sick to perform at certain festivals and that. And it just became too much. So I had to leave. And then when I left, I haven't had a job since.
0: I think that transition is quite difficult because one of the things that I think is almost a secret of the early stages of the music industry is that a lot of people are working at the same time particularly with DJs, because it's like kind of like a hidden life in some yeah. ways. So I was wondering when you actually started producing music, because it must have been, I guess, a period of time when you first started before you actually put your
2: records out. Yeah, I started producing from, from early, maybe like, maybe like 10, 11. Really? Yeah. Can you remember what your starting setup was? Well, it wasn't mine. I used to hang out with this guy called Cage. And he had, he had an Amstrad, and it had this little beat kind of thing. We all used to go there and just make beats on this thing.
0: And then when did you get your own stuff?
2: When I was about 14, 15, my dad had saved up like £2,000. And then he just said, if you want a studio here, I don't know what this is going to be. And I've got a sampler, uh, a CS1X Yamaha keyboard, and a Tari for the computer. And that was it, Yeah.
0: And with your early music, when you first started putting it out, how did you get people to listen to it at the start? Did you do the pirate radio thing?
2: So I started in garage. So I was in, I was on pirate radio and stuff like that. It wasn't until year two thousand or nineteen ninety nine I released Bounce, which was a grime record. And the way I got people to hear that is because Sticky was big at the time. So I met him at a radio station. I kind of auditioned for him. He was on it. And then he kind of helped me promote Bounce. So he would take me to all his bookings. We'd perform it. So like we worked the record. Then after Grime, there was Baseline for a bit. And then Funky started coming. That was like the third wave.
0: And so by that time, you already had those relationships or you already had kind of access to get your sound out there?
2: Yeah, I kind of had the understanding of what to do. It's, it's pretty simple. Like, just if you go raving a lot, just give your tune to your favorite DJs.
0: Do you think that's still the case?
2: Yeah, it's always going to be the case. Yeah. There's other tools, but it doesn't mean the old tools aren't as good.
0: So, one of the things that I think is like an interesting almost contradiction of artists or the industry is that production for some people, so for some people that I've interviewed, their entry to music was a very sociable thing. Like all their friends were doing it, so they just kind of went down and were hanging out with people and that's how they started. Whereas for other people, their friends weren't doing it, so they kind of had to take themselves out of that and then it became almost like an isolating thing with something that they needed to do. What would you say it was for you?
2: It's always been an insular thing. It's always been like me doing it by myself. Because I remember being in the back of my dad's car thinking, I want to make this for the rest of my life. So I did that. Then I found people that liked making music as well. So it became somewhat of a social thing. But my initial introduction to music was like, God just said, right, this is you. And I said, all right, cool. So
0: I read online that Doneo means gift from God.
2: Yes, it does.
0: Did you pick that name because of that?
2: So basically, I wanted a name like De Niro, but I'm not going to like. take another man's name and do something with it because that's not my legacy that's his legacy right so I prayed to God and I was like look I want a name and I also felt like it was a very beautiful name De Niro but it was very masculine too do you know what I mean
0: mm.
2: so I prayed to God I was like look I want a name like De Niro my brethren started a group called De Niro, and I was like oh that's the name I'm not a teeth, so I asked them if I can join the group. They let me join the group. And then when, when the group ended and disbanded, I asked everyone if I could have the name. And they were like, yeah, you can have the name. And it's been there since.
0: Did you ever worry about or have to think about how you navigated your name and your brand as a producer versus as an artist?
2: In the earlier stages, yeah. It's more like you're just trying to work out how to get out there now i'm more cautious of who i work with uh, but how to navigate nah i kind of i kind of know where where i where i sit where i land with everything
0: i said to you kind of at the start of the conversation that the longevity of your, of your career i find really interesting and mm-hmm. but a lot of the artists you've worked with i would say like fall into that bracket as well like gigs mm-hmm. gets they're people who've been around for a long time do you mm-hmm. think that's a coincidence or that you maybe gravitate towards people that have a certain approach to their craft?
2: I definitely gravitate to people that have a certain approach to their craft. Not all the time, but the ones that people I really enjoy working with are the ones that are kind of like, they're tedious and they go back and forth and they, they, they don't just stop at, oh, I've written, it, it's done. They'll go back to the song, try and make it better. Like There's a craft to what those people that you mentioned do. So yeah, those types of people are always, if I enjoy the music and then I find that you you put time and effort into the skill and all that sort of stuff, then, yeah.
0: So do you typically take breaks to kind of go back and forth with a the song then? You don't finish it super quick.
2: Sometimes I finish it in a week. Definitely a blue dress took like six months to make.
0: Do you let other people in on that process when you're trying to get something to the finish line?
2: I've always got like, three or four people I play songs to when it comes to like finishing off records and taking it to the finish line. I usually do that myself. But I I'm I'm always asking people's opinions on my records.
0: And if they disagreed, would you take it seriously? Like are you good at taking feedback? Do you think?
2: Um so everyone that chose African Warrior, Devin in the Blue Dress, four people that were like, yeah, if if three of them out of four was on it, I'd release the record. All of them hate your party hard. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I thought to myself, well, I really like this song, so let me put it out anyway. One of my friends begged me not to release it, Said it's the worst song I've ever made in my life.
0: Really? Does he stand yep. by that now?
2: No, he doesn't. He's like, yeah, it's all right. No, he doesn't. Another one of my friends was like, oh, this is my favourite song. You ruined it. And I was like, yeah, but you're my DJ now. We've made loads of money from this song, so... <laughs>
0: I was wondering with the song, you know, the kind of like vibe, I don't even know whether it's like resonance or vibrate on it, like almost when the speaker's like, did, was that deliberate? Was that, all? I mean, obviously it was deliberate, but was that always a part of it?
2: I think, like, so, so Party Hard was an instrumental called We Belong to the Night that was already popular in our scene. And then I put a song on top of the instrumental. Mm-hmm. So if that energy was there, it was there before I jumped on the record.
0: So there's two songs, actually, I really want to ask you about in terms of like how they were made. The slightly older one, well, not older, but is um, Chalice. And I also love Belly, and I feel like he's quite, I don't know, maybe underrated. Uh-huh. So I wanted to hear about the background to that. And then the other one is Blessed with Mira May
2: and Jules. Oh, sick. Okay, so I made Lingo for gigs. And mm-hmm. Calvin Harris followed me. I was, a bit, I was a bit like, right, oh, Calvin Harris is following me. Okay. So I followed him back. I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> and I thought, just say thanks for following. Like, what's what's the problem? So I got over my, my, my little... It wasn't an ego. It's more like, you know, you, you kind of... If someone who's powerful or of importance follows you, you kind of... Sometimes you want to watch how you deal with them kind of thing. Because it's, it's like they... They, they obviously want to do something with you and you don't want to, like, piss them off or anything like that. So I just messaged him and I was like, um, thanks for following me. And he was just like, Lingo is tune of the year for me. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, wicked. And then I was happening to go to LA a couple of weeks afterwards and he was like, come studio. And we just had a whale of a time making that record. We made two records, actually. We made Chalice and, a, and another record.
0: Did the other one ever come out?
2: Nah. It must nah. have been
0: good. I just feel like it must have been good.
2: I'm thinking about the, t- the tune is a banger. Tune is a banger.
0: So does that not bother you that it's good but it's not out?
2: Nah. Not everything has to be shared.
0: Ah, oh, I'd be like, I think. So you made it with Calvin and then what did you send it to Belly or how did he... And not get yeah,
2: so then after we made it with Calvin, we were looking to get a feature on there and then we sent it to Belly. yeah.
0: And then Blessed, what was the process of creating that?
2: So me and Jules were talking for ages, years, about working together on. And then one day we would just like, oh, I've got this tune with Mira May so hear it. I listened to the record and I thought, Mira May verse is so poetic. I would be doing this song a disservice if I didn't put my own form of, of language in there or poetry or however you want to call it. So I had to dig deep for that song and be quite open and vulnerable about my opinions about things and stuff like that.
0: So. I love that song. Thanks. And when, you, when you're working in that kind of collaboration, is it Collective who signs it off or... Is there someone who's kind of like for that track, would Jules be kind of like the main owner of the track?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Jules, Jules was probably like, I like this, I don't like that. Luckily for me, I did it and he was like, yo, this runs easy.
0: And so what is your production setup now? And what's your, do you have a go to studio?
2: I've got a studio that I bring artists to, but essentially it's just me and my laptop.
0: Do you use many, are there specific plugins that you use a lot?
2: Not really, I'm quite basic. Like I use my sampler and I just flick through different plugins to see what type of sounds I like.
0: I think that, like the barrier to entry to production is quite low now because you literally can just do it with your laptop. What advice would you give to people who are thinking about it now in terms of what they need to actually just get started?
2: Just get a, a laptop, get Fruity Loops. And then there's samples out there, free ones, ones, and just start making rhythms. If you make a, a make a song, a beat a day, don't even arrange it. Just make a beat a day for like 12 months. You'll be, the day one and day 364 will be two different people.
0: Does that Calvin record that's never made an appearance in like various other records. I think I was watching an interview with you earlier. You said you've made like so much music. How do you make those decisions? And is it entirely you that makes those decisions or are there various label people that get involved?
2: No, I'm, I've always been independent. I was signed to Ireland from 2016 to 2019. But before that, I was always independent and now I'm independent again. And My process has always been, I have to like it first, then the people that I trust their opinion about music, they have to like it and then I'll put the record out.
0: I read, you can tell me fact check, that you set up a label with Ireland as well. Is that true?
2: Yeah, Moving Anti.
0: Moving Anti. What was the motivation behind that?
2: Um, Ireland thought that I was a bigger proposition than just being an artist, if I'm honest. And it was them that said, look, we're going to give you this label and whenever you're ready, start it. You don't have to start it straight away, but we believe this is this is what you are capable of and we're going to give you the tools to do it. So, yeah, I got a big up island for that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, because I feel like starting a label, particularly in the house music scene, is a really great way to just kind of, like, broaden your impacts on the music industry. Mm -hmm. Okay, so different question for you. Are you a party guy? Like, do you go out a lot? A lot. So how do you balance that with work ethic?
2: Um, I try my best to just party at the weekend now. Uh, I might go out a weekday, but now I've kind of... But before, when I was younger, I would just, just do... What I... My life My life and my time is mine, so I, I kind of can do whatever I want with it.
0: Are you good on a hangover?
2: No. I hate hangovers. I've actually <laughs> decided that I might stop drinking altogether. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't deal with the hangovers, man. The the While you're drinking... Oh, my face. It's amazing hangovers hangovers are whack man they're whack
0: yeah they suck do you think having because I found through the pandemic because I wasn't really going out it was like I got used to feeling good all the time and then now coming back I've had to get used to feeling terrible again
2: (laughs) yeah that that for me I realized that like my tolerance for alcohol is super low and I don't know if I want to increase it again I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> What's your drink of choice?
2: Poison? Tequila and soda
0: water. Soda water's good. <laughs> I don't find tequila so bad. That doesn't hit me as hard as others.
2: Yeah, tequila and soda water is as It's not nice. It's, but there's no calories in it, so... Yeah. The job done.
0: <laughs> Gotta watch the waistline. You mentioned, obviously, working in LA. How how have you made decisions about like which markets to pursue and...
2: Where to base yourself? It's all trial and error, really. I feel like you you kind of just got to work out. Like, say for instance, like my come up was in East London on a radio station called Magic FM because I couldn't get on the radio stations in my end, so I had to step out. So sometimes it's a necessity thing. Sometimes it's ah, oh, the end. Of, like when Baseline was doing well, I should have moved up north and capitalised on all that. So it was like, yeah.
0: Do you set goals in general or do you just go with the flow? Every
2: year I set goals, but they're loose, but I set goals.
0: Do you write them down? Yes. Do you believe in like, the power of the pen?
2: Of course, I believe in manifestations heavily.
0: What is the best advice you can share about navigating
2: the music industry? I, I, I went away from this idea and I've come back to it. I honestly believe everyone first make sure you've got a job because when you don't have money a lot of your decisions are based on how to get money so the type of songs you make and how the song sounds will be based on the monetary value rather than well i like it and actually people are paying for my taste so i would say get a job don't be like too big to get a job get a job
0: has it felt, from the outside, it's felt like your career has been just like super consistent. Has it felt like that for you? Or have you felt like you've had times where you've been like the man and times where you've, things have been quieter?
2: For me, it goes up and down. I think like I have big moments and then it goes quiet and then I have another big moment and it goes quiet. My, my career's like this, but I, no, I would say it like this.
0: Are you good at managing that?
2: Now I am, yeah. Now I am, I, I know my place in the world. I know how people react to me. It's like, I'm always going to have a record that people like at some point in my career.
0: Have you ever thought about leaving the music industry and doing something else?
2: Uh, in the end of Funky, I kind of felt like leaving. And then, but I was just having a fit. really.
0: It's weird how that, how genres move like that. Do you think it's almost like media and the way that people have to brand things that def- Defines that, or what do you think defines the popularity of a, of a genre's moment? I guess the
2: people. I find that this generation, right, so let's say post-funky, the generation that that created created a new relationship between the listener and the music, because before, when there was a like hardcore and garage and jungle, bassline, even funky. Those sounds came for three years, they were massive for three years, then they died, then a new sound came. Whereas now, all of the new sounds that have been kept, have been created, are still around now, six years after the fact, and they just go up and down. So one year, Drill's on top, the year after that, Afro Waves on top, the year after that, Hip Hop's on top, but each scene doesn't die, it just, it just rebuilds itself. And then I find this new generation are now rehatching garage records and funky house records and piano records and stuff like that. So I think it's the people that dictate the journey of a sound.
0: You've got your live show in November. How do you work out your structure of that show?
2: I want the show to be like a concert with elements of of a club because everyone's there to see me, right? It's not like a club where the lights are low and like mm. some some people know you but the majority of the club doesn't know you but some of them might know your know. Yeah. so with the concert I want to make it more of a live show and then at some point during the concert I want to have a club element
0: and is that your like happiest place would you say on stage or do you prefer being in the studio
2: I like both I like both
0: good energy for both I was thinking when I was watching just previous interviews and stuff you've done before this, that you you seem like you're kind of both the introvert and the extrovert, like you're very comfortable in both spaces. Yeah, I'm an
2: ambivert, that's what you call it. It's,
0: it's how you call it. Do you think that's... You've always been that way? Because I think some no, people I've become always, more introverted as they get older.
2: No, no, I've always been that way. I've always been shy in one instant and loud in another.
0: And did that change when we hit the pandemic. Do you think you changed at all through that period of time?
2: I don't think I changed. I think the the more introvert side was fed more, more than the extrovert side. I definitely admit to that. And I'm just now getting back into being even again because I can never be one or the other. Even like, you know, like they talk about alpha males and beta males. I'm a sigma. There's times when I know when to be an alpha. There's times when I know when to be a beta, like, Like, I'm very much a, not in between person, but like I'm not one way. Mm.
0: When it comes to actual collaborations, it sounds like a lot of your collaborations have come from relationships that have built over a period of time. Yes. How have you maintained patience in those? Or have you sometimes been like hustling someone like we need to get in the studio because we're going to make something good?
2: Sometimes I'm, I'm on them. Some people, I'm like, why do you call me all the time, man? Let's get in the studio. Like, you want to talk to me more than you want to make music with me kind of vibes. But other times, it's like, you just got to wait for the moment. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that like waiting for the moment is better. Waiting for the right, doing something and making sure that you're aware. Because there's always a right time to release really something, put something out or make music with someone. It might be that I'd speak to an artist for 10 years. Like I was speaking to gigs for years. Never made a music before. And then Landlord, he was like, oh, do you know what, I like one of your songs because you made me a song like that. And I was like, oh. Yeah, no
0: problem, got loads. And then,
2: and then the record blew up. So like for me, I try not to rush anything. Like, if it's going to happen, it will happen. Despite your like or dislike for the person.
0: Do you think musical chemistry and personal chemistry are related?
2: Yeah, they are related. They don't They don't live in the same house, but they are related. You don't need one for the other to work. But if you've got one of those, then you're cool.
0: So I have a very technical, well, it's not a very technical question, but a bit more of a technical question for you. Your tracks are quite percussive. How many drum layers are typically in there?
2: My tracks are quite percussive, do you say? You so said percussive, as in... Yeah, um, not loads, you know. I pick my sounds really well. I don't like loads of sounds. I just like the sounds to sound a certain way. I like my percussion to sound a certain way. That's what I really think about. But no more than four or five tracks, maybe.
0: You just spend a lot of time making sure you've got the exact right one.
2: Yeah, like is just two tracks are kicking a snare.
0: Really? yeah i read a quote from you earlier i'm going to read it back to you right you're talking about how sort of sometimes how the industry works and um how people work and how the kind of powers that be can sometimes look at someone and rather than helping them flourish can basically notice them wait till they flourish and then kind of step in right how have you surrounded yourself with the right people?
2: I'm only now just starting to surround myself with the right people. I was so used to being independent, I didn't realise a lot of the people that I was working with weren't as skilled at what they do as I am or what I do. Mm. So now I'm starting to learn to hire people that are actually, they were good at their jobs previously before I started working with them. I've never had writer's block. Like, the last 18 months, I didn't want to make music. But when I had to, I made She Belongs to the Night like, I can switch it on like that, but wanting to was different, but in regards to, like, having any blocks or... I don't need... That's one thing I don't need to... There will always be energy for that. My body just might tap out one day and say, I, we need a break, which it did for the last 18 months. But generally, I don't really need a lot to get me going.
0: If you need to take a break or you want to do something completely different, what is your switch off?
2: Movies, TV, laughing with my missus, hanging out with my sister's kids and babysitting them. I like driving around a lot, raving. I like I love raving. Yeah.
0: What's your best? Do you think when you drive is that a good thinking time for you?
2: Yeah, defo. Excellent thinking time. Mm.
0: Do you meditate?
2: <laughs> I've tried. It does work, but I I need to build more patience for it.
0: So I mentioned it earlier, I'm interested in the gender gap and like why it persists. Have you observed it throughout your career and do you think it's changed a lot in terms of whether you've been surrounded by more men or surrounded by more women?
2: It was definitely more man-driven, um, like maybe over 10 years ago. But now you're starting to see like female managers, female artists, and they're not hiding behind anyone. They're doing it themselves. I just came from... Uh, an interview with Shaka that he's doing promo for his album and he's managed by a woman who's pregnant at the moment but yet she can still be out and she's still you know what I mean doing her thing she's not like she's not letting it hold you her back as you know some men would like to say oh well she's pregnant no I'll just breastfeed in mm. the meeting You don't want to give you my own space like, do you know what I mean Like, it's, it's a different way of thinking
0: yeah looking forward at your career what do you see?
2: I see me more veering off into the background more. I still want to be an artist and make tunes, but I I haven't got the need for attention as much as I used to. I'd rather just, like, introduce new music to people and new artists. That's really what I'd like to be, and I'd like to have the business structure to facilitate that. But that's really what I'm going to do is be like, hey, man, I think this artist is dope. Like, here you are. Here's a video.
0: Would you be able to judge that, do you think, off one track? Or do you think you need a body of work?
2: Uh, no, just one track. If I hear one song and I like it, I'll know exactly what mm-hmm. I want to
0: do. know. that's all my questions. What up, Lex? Lex on nice? the we keep our eyes on the prizes no surprise. Good women with destiny. Rise. Yeah. Inspiring, celebrating, yeah. uplifting the new generation. Oh, Some yeah. hot girls, you we know, yeah. oh, you know the vibe. All the hot girls come alive. All the hot girls, we know the vibe. All my hot girls come alive.